You are now in tune to a 726 studio production. <laughs> yeah, let me stop my shit. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. So before I get into it, I would just like you guys to know that I'm currently recording this episode at 2.18 a.m. Now, why the hell would I be recording an episode at this time? Well, to be honest with you, this is the usual time I record my episodes, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., because for some reason, this is the time my brain works the best. It's the same with homework and all that type of stuff. I don't know why. Like, I've tried to record episodes at 6 in the evening, 7, what it may, whatever it may be, you know, normal human hours, but just doesn't work. I guess because I'm extraterrestrial, <laughs> but that's stupid. But anyways, all of this I'm saying has nothing to do with episode. It was just like, you know, putting it out there just so you guys know, an FYI. So let's get to the episode. Today, we're going to be talking about understanding ourselves. And to be honest, this is a topic I wanted to get into maybe two or three episodes ago, but much like that of the mental health topic, it's kind of hard for me to get into it. The reason being is these are topics that I'm not I'm not an expert on, and so I have to keep notes with me, and I have to keep track of the notes so I don't lose myself, and I put good use of my notes because, well, I'm talking on my experiences or my opinions, but at the same time, I want to bring facts as much as I can. I don't want to be talking out the side of my neck, you know. So let's get right to it. And to do so, I'll start off by asking this question. What does it mean to understand ourselves? I think we all have a general answer to this question, you know. Everyone has their own opinion on it. And to stay away from the opinion side of it, just for this answer, I decided to consult my good old friend Google. Because, well, that's what I do. When I don't fully know what I want to say or if I don't understand something, go to Google. That's what it's there for, right? But yeah, so according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, to understand ourselves is to understand our capabilities, our emotions, and the way we act. So they basically broke it down into three different things. And I want to go through them one by one and give my personal take on what they may be. Just a heads up before we get into it i don't think i'm good on like getting into detail about these things so like for your own sake if you don't think i went too detailed into it feel free to go and search it up yourself like i said google is always there and learn more and come and discuss it with me because i want to know more too you know so first is that of understanding our capabilities and this is basically knowing what we can do And well, that sounds simple, right? But sometimes we honestly disregard what we're able to do. And let's talk about why it is important. Well, because it allows us to know our limitations and basically not force ourselves to do stuff we clearly aren't able to do. So I'll be putting myself as the example for all of these if possible. I'll be using basketball because I play it. And as a player, sometimes you want to do everything you can on the court. Well, not everything you can. You want to do everything in general. And honestly, you might not be able to or you're not the best suited person on the team to do it. So my example would be sometimes I want to control the ball. Like, I don't care if I score or not. I just want to be involved, you know. 
I like passing and be the be the assist guy, you know, lead the pass that leads up to the score and whatever it may be. And well, I do it in practice from time to time, but you know, practice and games are different. Because when it comes to game time, I know it's not my best skill, and so I run away from it completely. I leave it up to others that I know are better at it, because at the end of the day, it benefits the team if I let someone who's better than me do it, and then I focus on what I'm best at. You know, everyone plays their role in order to accomplish the goal. And now, don't get me wrong with all of that. I'm not telling you to limit yourself, but look at it as knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. Because that way, you'll know what's best suited for you. And at the same time, you can go ahead and work on those weaknesses. You know, convert those weaknesses into maybe more strengths or just things that just aren't weaknesses. So next up is that of our emotions. And I think this one is very important because we should understand why we feel the way we feel. Like, we can figure out what causes us to feel a certain way and also the extent to the way we feel that emotion. Like, you know, the strength of it. Like, for example, on a scale of 1 to 10, how angry or sad you are, whatever it may be, we know where we are in certain situations. And, well, you know, emotions are deeper than what we just see on the surface. They aren't as simple as, it, as we may want them to be. And like I said, when we understand these emotions, I think we can put ourselves in more favorable situations because if we know going to a certain place might make us sad and maybe we're not up for that feeling at the time, we stay away or going to a certain event that, you know, it's not your, how to say, cup of tea. You'll be uncomfortable or you just won't have a good time. You won't like it. You also stay away. So, yeah, you know. It also helps you to make better decisions when you know what things will make you feel a certain way. And I'm not saying, once again, to run away from stuff because not everything in life will be comfortable. But at the same time, you have to look out for yourself. And with your emotions, it affects the way, like, I think it affects your mental health and all that type of stuff. So always put yourself in the right situation that's best for you. And now, last but not least, is the way we act. And I think this comes about from a combination of our capabilities and emotions, or they can also be separated too, right? So, like, when we know what we can do, it will influence what we do. And the same goes for how we feel, then we act accordingly. Like, for example, on the feeling side of it. Many times if we're already angry, sad, frustrated, whatever it may be, our actions, you know, what we do, will reflect our current mood. And sometimes, I think because of our emotions, we end up doing things we shouldn't. Like, I don't want to call them mistakes, but I think that's what they are. At the end of the day, when we look back at it, because that wasn't what the clear taught, like, you know, the clear minded version of ourselves would do. But because we're so caught up in our emotions at that time, we did like, you know, like I said, something we wouldn't normally do and i would say we should try to eliminate our emotions when we do things whether it's like actually doing something or having a discussion but like it's easier said than done so you know we're human we all have our flaws but 
we should try our best to limit, you know, the way our emotions control us. But not only do those two things affect what we do, it also comes up on based on our environment, our backgrounds, you know, different experiences we've had throughout our lives. Let's take our environment for an example. Like when you're at home, you're super comfy. You do basically whatever you want in a sense. Maybe you walk around in underwear, whatever it may be, because you're at home. You're not going to be walking out there in the streets in your underwear, right? I mean, some people might, but in general, we do things based on where we're comfortable and based on the environment and what it calls for, you know, time and the place. So now when we put all these things together, you know, understanding ourselves, I believe it goes towards loving ourselves. And I wouldn't say we can 100% understand ourselves because that's a huge task to accomplish. But I'd say if we're able to get a general understanding of each of those things, we begin to appreciate and accept the things that make us who we are. Sure, not every part of our lives are ideal or are things we like, whether it was decisions or just like, you know, stuff we've done, um, stuff we didn't do. But at the end of the day, they make us who we are, despite the fact that, you know, we would want to go back in time and erase those situations. But honestly, without those situations, we wouldn't become the person we are today. For what it's worth, we just got to take the good with the bad and it makes us whole. So, you know, I just gave a whole lecture on all of that stuff. And the reason why I did that is because I want to get into a way in which we can understand who we are more. Not might not be the like it might not be the complete picture like what we just discussed, but it allows us to understand different things about ourselves. So, back in early May, I was dealing with a bunch of things and the one that had me down the most was an injury that I got in a basketball game. I hurt my back. And, well, it forced me to watch games from the sideline. And, you know, as an athlete, I'm speaking on behalf of all athletes because I think we think the same way when it comes to this, is that when you're not able to go out and play with your team, you know, fight with your guys, it, it takes a toll on you when you're forced to just be watching because, well... You have no other choice. And that was what was happening to me. And like I said, other things were going on. And I felt like I was on the edge of having some tough mental battles coming soon if I didn't really approach it right away. So I decided to go back to the counselor once again. And this was my first time going back since I went back in 2019 after my dad passed away. So, you know, going back for a second time, you're more at ease with everything because you've done it before. And because it's the same counselor, it's easier to talk to her because it's not a new person. It's a familiar face. So now I'm there talking about the injury and different things like that. And I go to the doctor and eventually they give me, they, I take an x-ray and things are good. Like my back injury isn't as serious as it could have been. So like this weight is lifted off of me. Like my spirits are uplifted everything feels good despite you know being bummed out that i still have to rest but now that i know it isn't as bad as it could have been so i started to question myself like who am i and i brought it up to the counselor because i had already started 
I was supposed to be there for a different amount of sessions. And during that time, I started to question myself, like, who am I? And so I brought it up. And that's when she asked me if I knew about the Johari window. I'm like, what's that? I had no idea of what it was. And so she told me to go do some research about it. And in the follow-up session, we would discuss it, you know, get into what it is and what's not. So now, unfortunately, the follow-up session just happened to be scheduled at a date that was after the whole COVID cases situation got bad in Taiwan. And well, thanks to all of that, I didn't have the chance to go back to the counselor and go over these things. So I was just stuck there reading about it, watching videos about it, you know, learning about it, but all on my own and not being able to talk to her and get that feedback. So because of that, I'm going to try my best to get into it here with you guys. And like, I won't really get in depth about myself with it, but like, you know, I'll just introduce you guys to it so you can go and search it up for yourself and maybe apply it to you and see how it affects your thinking of yourself. So back to the name of it, Johari Window. The spelling is J-O-H-A-R-I. And well, window, just like the windows at our homes, W-I-N-D-O-W. So this is a technique that was developed in 1955 by psychologists Joseph Luft and Harrington Ingham. The name of the technique was basically a combination of their names. The Joe from Joseph and Harry from Harrington, so hence Joe Harry. But anyways, enough about that. Um, it was developed in order to help people better understand their relationship with themselves and with others. And I think it's a good way to just like evaluate ourselves and help us become more complete or have a more complete understanding of how we see ourselves and how others see us. So based on the name, it is simply a window, a big square that is divided into four smaller squares. And for the examples, I would try to use myself in there to let you guys have an idea of what it is. And I hope that when I'm describing the locations of the different parts of the window, you guys don't get confused. So please feel free to go to Google and research it so you have a visual aid to understand what I'm trying to say. You can do that now or you can do it later, whatever you want to do. So the first square, which is at the top left, is considered to be the open area or arena. This is comprised of things that everyone knows. It's general information. Like we know it about ourselves. Others know it about us. It's just out there. Hence the reason open. So take me for example. I think everyone who knows me knows that basketball is my favorite sport. You know, I really like basketball. I know that they know that it's out there. It's in the open for everyone to know. And then next up, we go on to that of the square, which goes under the open area, which is called a hidden area or a facade. So these are things that we know about ourselves, but others don't really know. Because, well, you know, not everyone knows our true selves. Well, maybe not true selves, but there are things that we tend to just keep personal and very few to no one knows about it. Like, take me for example. Like I said, basketball is my favorite sport, right? But if I would ask you, what do you think is my favorite sport to watch? What would you think it would be? Probably basketball, right? But you would be wrong. 
Actually, my favorite sport to watch these days is that of American football. And well, now that I've put it out there, it's no longer in the hidden area, it is moved up to the open area. So next, let's go to the blind spot. On the chart, it would be in the top right next to the open area. And this is basically what others know about us and we might not necessarily know about ourselves. So now you might start to wonder like, why do others matter? And I would say you're right in a sense because, well, you shouldn't worry about what others think about you. But at the same time, I'd say, eh, it's something you should consider from time to time. Like, we shouldn't care about others, but at the same time, they do see things about us that we don't necessarily see. Because, well, we don't have a mirror in front of us or in the mirror, we only see what we want to see. We ignore stuff or we overlook things. So my example in this case would be that I've been told on numerous occasions from different people that I'm easy to talk to. And to be honest, now that I look back at it, I've seen people that I don't really know that much and they've opened up to me. I'm like, damn, I guess I am easy to talk to, but I still don't see myself as that. But that's what they see. And as time has gone by, I slowly, slowly, slowly accepted as a part of who I am, but not fully. It kind of moves over into the open area. So as you can see so far, there's a trend like we're moving everything from the other sections and we're putting it to the open over time, of course. Sometimes we overlook these things because we don't see ourselves as that, like I said, and no matter how much they tell us, we're kind of stubborn to accepting it until eventually we get to the point where it's like, okay, maybe, maybe they're right. And so now we go to the negative side of it. Sometimes we have negative things about ourselves that we tend to overlook because we don't think that's who we are. Sometimes it can be something small, but to others, it's a lot. Like maybe the way we carry ourselves, like, you know, our attitude or just little different things, like things that can irritate others. But we're like, oh, that's who I am. Take it or leave it. But when we're interacting with others, we can't just tell them take it or leave it because they got to put up with us. Sometimes there are things that we either got to change or do a minor tweak to it, you know, just some minor adjustments. And lastly, let's move on to the unknown square. So this is just as the name states, it's unknown. We don't know what these things are. No one does. I don't know. You don't know. And well, I think these come about based on different situations. Like we don't know we are this type of person until we have no choice in different situations and it arises. Like take, for example, I won't know I'm a brave person until I'm put in a situation where it's like, I got to save someone or I got to do something quote unquote brave. And prior to that, I probably didn't know it. No one knew it. But because the situation came up and I was forced to do it, I saved someone, you know? So those unknowns just pop out of anywhere and then we can place them once again into the open. So basically like with the Johari window, we're expanding our open square and shrinking everything else. And I'm not saying to be fully open because like when it comes to the hidden area, some things we just don't want everyone to know about us. And that's fine. You know, you have the right to keep things personal if you want to. But like I said, that's just the concept behind the whole Johari technique is to become more open. And more often than not, this is based on like your relationship with people that are close to you. Feel free to go to Google and whatever it may be, YouTube, and do more research on it and get a better understanding for yourself and try to drop different things into the different squares and try to understand yourself better. You know, who knows? 
you might be valuing yourself lower than you should. Or they might be little things that you can adjust and increase that value of yourself as well. So that's that for the Johari window. And to wrap things up, I just want to say that, well, you know, by understanding ourselves better, we are then able to better understand others. The reason being is that we know for ourselves there is more than meets the eye, and it's basically the same for others. We know that there are so many different things that people have to deal with, and it has shaped them to who they are, and it is a reason for why they do certain things in certain situations or the way they act, and in a sense, it allows us to not take things too personal because I think many times when we deal with people, we take things personally when we shouldn't because every person has their own story. It's not all about us, but we get too caught up in me, me, me. And we forget that we're not the only person that's as deep as we are. Everyone is. So we have come to the end of this episode. And I hope I started something in your mind to have you thinking about things about yourself and just different, like looking back at different situations in your life and understanding them better. You know, so many times we go out and we try to understand people because, you know, we, we want to get to know people. Meanwhile, we have this person right here with ourselves 24-7 that we don't really understand. And that's the person I think we should try to understand more first before we try to understand others. And well, that's about it. Catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.